Christian Parenting. Aloha, friends. Welcome to the Monica Swanson Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, wife to Dr. Dave, podcast host and author of Boy Mom and Raising Amazing. Here on the podcast, it is my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising amazing kids and building strong families. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here and I hope you'll be encouraged. Hey friends, I know how busy this time of the year is. And as much as I love home-cooked meals, sometimes there is just not enough time. But I have good news for you. Factor offers delicious, ready-to-eat meals, which can make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with your pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. There are two-minute meals, so you can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They have snacks and smoothies and more. There's a wide variety of options and 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that will help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So head over to factormeals.com forward slash Swanson50 and use code Swanson50 to get, you guessed it, 50% off. That's code Swanson50 over at factormeals.com forward slash Swanson50, and you're going to get 50% off. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Yay for that. I'll be linking over in show notes as well, but go check it out and tell me how you enjoy your Factor meals. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast and we are wrapping up the month of November, which is a little bit mind boggling, but I hope you are doing great and gearing up, preparing your hearts and your families and your homes and all the rest for a really great Advent season ahead. But as we wrap up each month, I am so excited to get to share with you some highlights and nuggets from one of the chapters of my book. Raising Amazing, Bringing Up Kids Who Love God, Like Their Families, and Do the Dishes Without Being Asked. This is something I've been doing at the end of each month since last March. So if you've missed any, you might go back through my archives and find all of them. We are all the way up to chapter eight today, and this is a topic that I think a lot of parents could use some wisdom on. I know that it's an area I've had to dig in and be really prayerful about and really ask those who have gone before me and do some research on this topic of yeses and nos. Parent with your kids very best in mind. That means when do we say yes? We want to be yes parents, don't we? We want to bless our kids and and to be parents that offer a lot of opportunities and give our kids tons of room to run and and grow and spread their wings and all of that. But we also need to say no, right? That's part of parenting. It's not a pleasant part, but it's an important part. So we're going to talk today about yeses and nos. And as always, there is a free printable download over in show notes. That's one thing. Each chapter of Raising Amazing has a printable that goes with the topic of that chapter. And when I do these podcast episodes, I love to share them over in show notes. So for today's episode, you can find show notes and your free printable over at monicaswanson.com forward slash raising dash amazing dash eight. 
okay? Raising-amazing-8. And also, just a reminder, a fun way to go through these highlight episodes is to gather with some friends. Uh, Perhaps you and some friends can listen on your own time and then get together for coffee and talk about it. Go through the reflection questions, discuss how this went down for you, how it's going to play out in your family life. It's a great excuse to get together with friends. Uh, It's also a great way to make sure that we are really putting into practice the things we're learning. You also might set a date night with your spouse. Uh, You might listen to this together or listen separately and then come together and talk about it. Because I know for me, I can listen to something and it can go in one ear and out the other. But if I talk through it, if I take some notes, if I do anything active with what I've heard, I'm a lot more likely to put it into practice, right? Okay. I want to thank you one more time, everybody who has left ratings and reviews over in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I see them. I read them. They always encourage me. So just a big thank you. If you haven't done that yet, it would mean the world to me. Call it a Christmas gift if you like. But if you go over to uh, wherever you listen, Apple Podcasts seems to be the most common place people listen to this podcast, but uh, you will see if you just scroll down when you're on my podcast episode, scroll down, you're going to see those stars and you can just tap on five stars. That's the easiest, but even better if you leave a few words about what you love most about this podcast. That helps feed the algorithm. It gets this podcast in front of more people all over the world and it encourages me. So thank you in advance for doing that. Okay, friends, we have an exciting month ahead in December. So let's wrap up November by talking about chapter eight, no's and yeses, parent with your kids very best in mind. And we open with James chapter one, verse five, that says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. No doubt on this topic of telling our kids no or yes, we need wisdom, don't we? I know that I still do to this very day. I pray for wisdom a lot. I'm going to go ahead and read just the opening to this chapter as I always like to do. So join me here. Consider the original garden, Eden, where God was the original parent and Adam and Eve were the first children. God gave a lot of big yeses right from the start there. And he gave one hard no. In fact, he put that no smack in the center of the garden. Some serious parenting was going on there, and I don't want anyone to miss it. God does all things with intention and nothing by chance. He set things up with purpose. Like me, at some point, you might have asked, why would God create the tree of knowledge of good and evil and put a big no on it and then place it right in the middle of the garden? Or why he put the first children in such a perfect place, then put a no in the center with so much potential for things to go wrong. To understand that, it helps to ask what parents want most for themselves and for their children. I think we would agree they want their children to know how much they love them, for their children to love them back, and for their children to trust them. No one needs to teach us that. It's in our DNA. As the original parent, God wanted the same things. He showed his children his love by giving them life and providing them with wonderful things, his presence to boot. In his wisdom, he then created a situation with many yeses and the one hard no. He was giving his children an opportunity to experience his love and to love and trust him in return. As parents, We get to say yes to our kids often. Saying yes to a hug or a treat or an opportunity or an adventure may be one of the sweetest parts of parenting. 
Yet, we also give our kids some hard no's. Some that they understand and some that they don't understand, at least yet. They may understand why they shouldn't touch a hot stove, but they may not understand why they can't just turn on the burner if they promise not to touch it. As a parent, you have reasons for saying no. You understand things your children simply don't. Something might be near the stove that could catch fire, or you think your child might forget and leave the burner on. There are plenty of dangers kids simply do not understand yet. But what the parent wants is for their children to be so confident in their love for them that they will obey them out of trust. These parent-child interactions are profound opportunities to prepare our children for a life of faith. All right, so we set the stage there by understanding that the bigger picture plan, because I often say, when I want my kids to obey me, it's not some kind of a pride trip or me wanting to control them. Truly, I want my young kids to learn to obey my quiet voice because one day when they're on their own, I want them to be quick to obey God's voice. And I believe that our parent-child relationships are truly preparing our kids, are training their hearts, are giving them habits that will carry on into their relationship with God. That is something I believe with all of my heart. So next I go on and I talk about parental wiring. And I think it's fair to acknowledge that we as parents are all wired differently, right? God designed us that way. So I start by saying here, let me first say that if you're a natural at saying no and setting boundaries, well done. I imagine you're a mature, wise parent who's well-equipped to raise amazing kids. I know that for my husband, saying no comes pretty naturally. He's comfortable saying no. He, he respects and appreciates boundaries in his own life, and he has no problem saying no to our kids. Meanwhile, I'll confess that I'm a yes-loving parent by nature. I love to make my kids happy, and I enjoy giving them what they love most. I'm pretty comfortable with a bit of junk food. I'm not too strict about screen time or bedtimes. I mean, I set rules where they're needed, obviously, but when our kids are making good choices overall, I love to bless them with things I remember loving as a child, donuts included. Who out there is a yes-loving mom or dad? Just raise your hand right now wherever you're at. Somebody out there is like, I get you, Monica, right? Well, <laughs> Dave and I are different, yes, but we also balance each other well. And oftentimes I find that God places a yes-loving and a no-loving parent together, and it's probably a really good thing, even if sometimes it means we might not be on the same page as parents. Hopefully we can learn to cooperate and meet in the middle, and I think that's a beautiful thing about parenting. I go on to say that if you are a yes-loving parent, I get you. I prefer giving a cheerful yes to a no any day, and you're going to appreciate the last part of this chapter where we circle back to that. But I've also become convinced that learning the heart and art of saying no is the difference between paradise and exile, returning to my Garden of Eden analogy. We'll have lots of great opportunities to give our kids healthy yeses, but we're also wise to learn from my husband, as well as from science and the Bible, that saying no to our kids is foundational to their faith and essential for building truly amazing character. Next, I have a whole section on what is so good about saying no. And I think this is really important, and I'm going to say here, I think it's more important right now than ever before in history. I think that we are raising kids in a time uh, that our culture is not very excited about saying no. 
kids are more entitled than ever. Parents don't want to hurt their kids' feelings. There's there's just this whole thing. Some of you know what I'm talking about, and, and it makes you really frustrated and mad. Others of you might not have really picked up on it. I think that sometimes we don't see it until it's pointed out to us, and then you see it everywhere you go. But I encourage you, if you want to raise kids biblically, then it's important that we open our eyes and realize that there's a whole generation of kids who are growing up without hearing many no's, and it is not doing them any good, and it is not doing our world any good. So I go on and I talk about some of the things that are so good about saying no. Like I already touched on, I want my kids to experience the blessing of living under the authority of someone who has more wisdom and understanding than than they do. And ultimately, I want this to prepare them to grow into a relationship with their Heavenly Father where no is respected, heeded, and even, as hard as it might be in the moment, appreciated. I'm convinced that one of the most holy jobs we have as parents is to be a representation of God until our kids are old enough to understand and relate directly to their Father in heaven. Now, we're never going to do this perfectly. We're not God, but we can hope, we can try, we can try to represent godly values and godly yeses and nos for our kids. I'm afraid that a child who doesn't hear no enough or isn't required to submit to a no at home is being set up for a shaky walk with their heavenly father later. Those sound like some really heavy words, but friends, I believe it's so true. And if any of you, you know, I get emails all the time. Some of you out there are like, my child just doesn't respect me and they talk back and they don't obey me. I encourage you to consider if maybe this episode is for you. Maybe this is something to spend some time praying about, um, talking to your spouse about, really considering if you have set uh, an environment for your child where they don't have to obey you, where they don't have to submit, and soon they lose respect for you, and suddenly our roles begin to shift, and it is just not a healthy environment, and it's really not setting our kids up for a healthy future, especially in their walk of faith. I say here, while my highest motivation for offering firm no's is to train my child's heart to obey and trust God, plenty more reasons why hearing no is good for our kids exist. In fact, in an article in Psychology Today, which we know is not a faith-based publication, Dan Major wrote, believe it or not, parents do their children a tremendous disservice when they don't give them the experience of being told no. He says learning how to deal with not getting what you want when you want it is an essential skill that everyone needs to develop. So, especially for us yes-loving parents, the following four practical reasons kids need plenty of no's might be helpful. And now I run through four different reasons why no is so important. First, Saying no is crucial for kids' safety and well-being. This one's pretty obvious, but I think it's still important to touch on. Now, we know that kids don't have any idea how dangerous the world is. And if they're left to their own reasoning, they're likely to end up in some dire straits. Um, I'm going to share a funny meme my brother sent me. Uh, over in the show notes because it represents us well, but it's why why boys need parents. And it's a picture of a little, little boy at the top of a steep hill with a skateboard in front of him. The steep hill goes down and then there's a 
dock that goes out into the water and it looks like this little tot is about to just bomb the hill on a skateboard. I hope he didn't do it, but the point there is this is why boys need parents because they have no idea how dangerous the world is, right? Things like hot stoves and busy streets and strangers are all dangerous if kids don't have parents teaching them what is okay and what is not okay. Even an otherwise logical teenager might make poor decisions under stress. Why? Because the prefrontal cortex, which is the part of the brain responsible for using good judgment, doesn't fully develop until the mid-20s. And as I wrote this part of the book, my 22-year-old had just broke his arm jumping into a skate ball on a mattress. So I said, thanks for helping me make my point, son. <laughs> it's true, even into their 20s, sometimes kids, maybe especially boys, are a little bit reckless and don't think through things. So yes, kids need parents to keep them safe. Number two, saying no helps kids feel secure. I am such a big believer in this. I could talk about it literally all day long. I am convinced that our kids feel most secure and safe when we make it clear what is okay and what is not. Children don't inherently know what's okay. They, they look to us as their parents, as their authority. They, they're hoping that we will tell them this is okay and this isn't okay. They don't always show it. They might ask for things. They might beg for things. They may, might argue when you say no, but deep down you give them a feeling of security when you say yes with confidence and no with confidence. I've heard the example of observing the behavior of children in a playground. When there's a fence around a playground, they're going to play all the way up to the fence line using every bit of space available to them. Yet, if there's no fence, children typically stay close to their home base, unlikely to venture far. Isn't that interesting? This is a good picture of what boundaries do for our children. They give them a safe place to explore. Next, I, I talk about how in my previous book, Boy Mom, I refer to what I call the unexpected power of no. I know a lot of you who have read Boy Mom really appreciated this part of the book because I talk about how when kids are young, they depend on mom and dad to guide them in both little and big choices. And then as they hit their teenage years, you might be thinking, oh, they don't want mom and dad to say no anymore. But the truth is they continue to look to their parents to help them navigate. Even when they act like they know what they're doing, much of the time they're just figuring it out as they go. Our kids may ask permission to do many things, but in reality, they may not feel ready to do those very things. I've learned that a no from mom and dad is often a relief, even to a teenager. And trust me, they're probably not going to tell you until later, but be confident with your no's, parents. It really does make your kids feel more secure. Number three. And I love this too. I seriously love this whole chapter. It might be one of my very top favorites. Saying no teaches kids the value of delayed gratification. Oh my goodness, I love to talk about delayed gratification. And I think it's one of those things that is really lacking in our youth and our young adults today. In his book, this is one of my favorite books, uh, Drew Dick wrote a book called Your Future Self Will Thank You. And he wrote in it, self-control isn't just one good character traits, a nice addition to the pantheon of virtues. It's actually foundational, not because it's more important than the other virtues, but because the others rely upon it. Isn't that so good? I will put that quote in the show notes. Our modern world has conditioned kids to expect things to come to them easily and instantly. 
For our children to learn patience, resilience, and the value of delayed gratification, we must look for ways to help them learn to wait for it and to even go without something they want. Imagine that, right? Think a hundred years ago, kids went without much at all, and today we have trouble saying no to anything. Our kids need to understand that what they want most might require giving up what they want now. And this concept is best learned through a lot of practice. So let's practice in the home. Let's teach them that maybe they're going to get something better if they can wait till tomorrow or next month or next year. Saving money, um, waiting on things. Oh my goodness, this is all such good stuff and yet it is so hard, right? Okay, number four. Saying no prepares kids for the real world. Thank you. That's what we want, right? We want to prepare kids to launch from our homes one day and be prepared to adult in the real world. When we give our children what they want too often, we might think we're making their life easy, but instead we're setting them up for some harsh realities ahead. When we offer them no's at the right times for the right reasons, we're helping them learn to live without things that their flesh so desires. And this prepares them for the very real temptations and challenges in the real world they must live in. Uh, There's another book I quote here. It's called Permission to Parent. And the author is Robin Berman. And she says, if children don't hear no at home, imagine how it will feel when they hear it in the workplace. Protective parenting has created children who feel entitled and who are psychologically fragile because they have too much power and lack resilience because they've never experienced failure. Ooh, that is some serious truth there. Hey friends, if you struggle to find time to read the Bible, or maybe like me, you do devotions in the morning, but then you could use a little more scripture in your day, I want to make sure you know about the Dwell Bible app. What makes Dwell so special is that they read the Bible to you. And you can choose from all different books of the Bible, different plans. They even have Dwell Daily, which is a daily devotional. And what really sets Dwell apart is that they have a variety of voices. You can have read the Bible to you. Over time, I've listened to Rosie the most. She is soft and relaxed and makes you feel like you're sitting by a fireside being read to. I also love Amber's voice. It's comforting and eloquent. So good. And then you can also choose what you want in the background, whether it's music or white noise. I love hearing the piano being played while I listen to the Bible being read to me. Pretty special. Dwell has something for everyone, men, women, and even children. So go over to dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson for your 25% discount. I know you're going to love it. So check it out. Let me know what you think. Hey friends, well, after a long and for many of you cold winter, are you ready to bring the spirit of the islands into your home? Look no further than Home Threads, where comfort meets coastal living. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a collection inspired by the tranquility of the beach. From breezy linens to stylish coastal decor, they've got everything you need to turn your home into a seaside retreat, and always at the best value. If you haven't been to the Home Threads website yet, you have to go check it out, see their beautiful bedding, everything they have for your kitchen, lighting, workspace, and a gift guide, which has something for everyone on your list. I'm thinking ahead to Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, and more. So visit homethreads.com forward slash Monica and get a code for 15% off your first order. Because whether you're on the islands or dreaming of the sea, Home Threads brings the beach to you. Home Threads, love where you live.
So again, those were the um, four reasons saying no is so important. And then I have a Another section called why it's so hard to say no. And I think that's good to touch on. Like what's going on inside of us? Why is it so hard to say no? And just breezing through that, I'll let you go to the book to read it in full. But probably the first thing, and I think you're going to agree with this, but we want our kids to be our friends. We want them to like us. We can't help it. We just, we want to win their approval. And yet, as you'll read here in this chapter, it actually works the opposite way. When we don't say no, kids don't respect us. It's not going to do what we're hoping it will do. So don't think that you're going to be best friends with your kid if you never say no. Um, Of course, we also just want to avoid the fallout. Nobody likes a kid throwing a fit, having a tantrum. And if you haven't trained them to respond to no in the right way, then there likely is to be fallout. But the good news is the more you practice this, the more you talk about it, the more you have conversations and and try uh, instilling new habits and new ways in your family, they will get used to it and they will learn to respect you. Um, Sometimes we feel sorry for our kids, right? That's another reason it's hard to say no. We might feel like we're not giving them enough of our time or our attention. And so it's easier to just give them treats or material things. Don't fall into that trap. It's not effective. Um, And finally, we want our kids sometimes to have a better childhood than we did. That kind of goes along with that. Maybe there were things we didn't have and we wish we had. And so we want to give those things to our kids. And that's understandable. There's nothing wrong with that. But we want to be wise with this impulse. You can give them a better childhood in many ways without indulging them in areas you know in your right mind are not going to help them. So stay strong in all of these things. Be aware of your tendency. If you have the tendency to say yes too quickly, understand maybe what is behind that, what's going on inside of you, but um, try not to fall into the trap of saying yes too easily. The next section is called The Art of Saying No to Kids. And I think this is really important because whether you are a yes-loving or a no-loving parent, we want to make sure we're doing things well, right? We want to have the best outcome possible and not to just do maybe whatever our own parents did or whatever comes natural. No, we want to be really intentional and purposeful in the way we're setting boundaries, in the way we're disciplining, in the way we're saying no. And uh, first of all, I think it's important to note that a no is going to be the best received within a healthy relationship with our kids. When they know that we love and enjoy them, when we have healthy communication and mutual respect, our no's will be received in a totally different light than if we don't have a good relationship. So we want to really begin all of this, everything we do in parenting with that healthy relationship, which takes time and effort. It takes caring. We can't rush or hack a good relationship with our kids. Next, I talk about a learned skill that's worthy of some practice. It's something I have just nicknamed the three C's, and that is being calm, calculated, and confident. Of course, staying calm means we're not getting caught up in our kids' emotions. We're not acting childish ourselves. We are staying calm. Next, we're being calculated. We're thinking through things, being purposeful about the choices we make. And finally, we move forward confidently, lovingly telling our kids no or not yet, or even I need some time to think about this. I have a friend who is a military wife who says we do not negotiate with terrorists, which sometimes come in the form of toddlers or teenagers, right? And by now you've probably already discovered that if you start hedging, if you're not confident uh, on any kind of response, your kids are likely to eat you alive. So at some point, my husband and I realized that our youngest son 
who I know I use as an example a lot here, but he's the one still in the house. But he is good at negotiating and even bulldozing his way through our no decisions and finding a way to turn them into an exhausted, okay, whatever. And we have to laugh a little bit because that kid has some skills, but we've had to do some backpedaling too. We've had to talk to him and articulate our God-given authority and the expectation of respect and obedience we have for him as our son. And we're still a work in progress literally to this day. And again, this is a good time to remember each child is going to be different. They have different personalities, birth order. There's a whole lot of factors here. But again, we want to make sure that we are calm, calculated, and confident in the decisions we make. Um, Also, we sometimes need to give kids a little bit of an explanation. As they get older, it is reasonable to, again, have that mutual respect where we explain why we're saying no. But sometimes when they're young, we can get into a power struggle where we catch ourselves actually reasoning with a toddler, like trying to explain ourselves. And it's simply not going to be effective and it's not necessary. So oftentimes we need to just be clear with our yeses and our nos. And then as they get a little older, you will recognize when it's time to start giving a little more explanation. And that is respectful and the right thing to do as they grow up. All right, there's a little bit more here about that art of saying no. But one of the things that I highlight and have a whole section on is called reverse negotiation. And people have really enjoyed and appreciated this. And it is something I use all of the time. Now, I mentioned my youngest is a gifted negotiator. And he is the reason that I really had to dig into that. And uh, I learned the process of what I call reverse negotiation from Robin Berman, the author of Permission to Parent, which I mentioned a moment ago. And this is simply responding to a child's refusal to submit by going in the opposite direction. So if your children ask for something and we say no, but they ask again or use any tactic to keep pushing, we give them the opposite of their request. So here's an example. Levi asks for a piece of candy and I say, no, but you can have one for dessert after dinner. Then he says, but mom, I ate a really good lunch and I did my chores. And then I stop him and say, now you won't get dessert after dinner. Sorry, buddy, but my no means no. Now this ought to put an end to things and teach a mildly painful lesson. But if he happens to be crazy enough to keep arguing, my job is to keep moving in the reverse direction with something like, okay, now no sweets tomorrow as well, which would be very sad for my sugar-loving child. So reverse negotiation is incredibly effective once your kids know that you mean business and that there will be consequences in the opposite direction they are hoping for. If they keep pushing, they are likely to begin to respond to your nose a lot better. Okay, then I talk about when, then, and alternatives. This is actually a pretty packed chapter. So, um, you're going to have to just get a copy of it. If you don't have a copy of Raising Amazing yet, I hope you'll get one. Here's my plug for the book. Of course, it is on Audible as well as in paperback and digital versions. But briefly, just so you know what I'm talking about here, when then is really about telling our kids that they can have what they want when they do what they are supposed to do. For example, if a child wants to go outside to play with a neighbor, you might say, when you finish your homework and your chores, then you can go play. 
The point is to put the responsibility on the shoulders of your children to earn their privileges, not to simply expect them. This is a great life principle to grow up with. Using when then can also simplify kids' incessant pleas for screen time or anything else. Now, I love the book, Habits of the Household. You've heard me talk about it before. I've had the author, Justin Whitmell Early, on the podcast a number of times. But he explains how he and his wife simplify parenting by having regular routines in place each week. For example, Friday night is movie night. So if the kids ask him or his wife if they can watch a movie on a Tuesday, their simple reply is, is it Friday? I just think that's genius. Like, they know it's... movie night is Friday always. So if you ask for it on Tuesday, say, well, is it Friday? And that simplifies the parenting process so much. Now it can be helpful to have some alternatives to offer our kids. So if you say no to say a sleepover at a friend's house, but you offer to pick them up at 10 o'clock that night, or even if they're older, 11 o'clock, then they can still have a fun evening, but you still set that boundary that you do not do sleepovers. So I think this is an important part of parenting is just figuring out what you can give, how you can say yes, but also stay firm to the things you feel called to say no to. Sometimes also no right now is more of a not now. I say here that you might suggest that if your daughter is still passionate about her new dance class in two months, you'll invest in new dance shoes for her. You can use your kids' wants as a reward for desired behavior or hard work. So no doubt, setting limits in parenting can be difficult, and sometimes kids do not respect or obey the boundaries we set, and this is where consequences and discipline come into play. To offer some encouragement and expert guidelines on discipline, I actually have an entire bonus chapter called Motivating Change, a guide for using consequences and discipline in parenting. Now, this is for book purchasers only. So if you have a copy of Raising Amazing, whether it's Audible, Digital, or Paperback, you have access to that bonus chapter. And I think it's a really, really important one. There were just a couple chapters that didn't fit in the book because word count, But it's something I'm so passionate about, and I know it's so important for parents to have some help when it comes to offering consequences and discipline. So there's a full bonus chapter, and I hope you take advantage of that. If you have a copy of the book, you can use the resources there and go read that. I put a lot into it. Basically, it's identical to a chapter in the book. It just happens to live on my website. So I do mention here that if two parents are involved, obviously it's important for you to be on the same team as much as you can. And I know this is hard, but I really encourage you to do everything you can to be a united front when it comes to parenting in yeses and nos. Um, Finally, I wrap up. We have to end on a happy note here. And there's a whole section on yes. This is the fun part. It's good to say yes. Second Corinthians 1 Verse 20 says, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. God is a God of yeses, and we should be parents who are generous with our yeses too. God isn't a killjoy or sitting up in heaven looking for ways to ruin our fun. Instead, he's crazy about us, and he wants to bless his children with good things. I love when the psalmist says, you provide a broad path for my feet. That's Psalm 1836. This reminds me of how many options and opportunities we have to live freely while being in God's will. A life of faith ought to never be dull. 
So I love to consider all the things we can say yes to, especially, and we'll get to that, this topic later, but technology, when, when people are like, oh, what are all your rules for technology? I'm like, honestly, a big part of my approach to technology is focusing on all the things our kids can do freely without no's. And then we can, yes, set some boundaries on things like technology, but there are so many things we can focus on. Like, yes, you can do as much of A, B, C, D, E as you want. It's a lot easier to hear a no when kids have been outdoors, exploring, adventuring, when they've been working hard, building projects, doing puzzles, creating things, reading great books. There's so many yeses that then it's a lot easier to give them no's. Again, we're going to revisit that when we talk about technology. Um, but there is a free download here um, that goes with this episode and this chapter, and it is 100 Things Kids Can Do Indoors Without a Screen. And you will find a downloadable printable link to this over in show notes. Again, 100 Things Kids Can Do Indoors Without a Screen. I think this is especially good for the winter months where you might be stuck indoors and you're like, yeah, Monica, easy for you to say in Hawaii, but we're stuck inside for so many months of the year. Well, I'm going to give you this list and I think it'll be really fun to give to your kids and say, hey, let's see how many of these 100 things we can do this winter because there's a lot kids can do without screens, right? And yes, there are even some things that involve a screen that are really good and positive, but um, the list is specifically screen-free. So I hope that you enjoy that. And yes, there is more to this chapter. And um, and I hope that you can go read it in full. It's a pretty long one, but it's a pretty important one. And at the end, of course, there is a word to the dads by my husband about yeses and nos. And please get your husbands involved in this. Dads need to help us set boundaries. Men need to be leaders and to be firm and to be loving. They need to give yeses and they need to give noes. And then I have thoughts from Levi, who is 12 as I wrote this book. And he talks about yeses and noes and he shares honestly his, um, you know, some of his struggles with hearing no, but how he actually has learned by observing his older brothers and their lives why no is so important. So I love this part that Levi shares, and I hope you and your children can read that or listen to it if you have the audible version. It is Levi reading his own part, and I love that so much. Okay, guys, as you can tell, I'm passionate about this chapter, and I hope that it is super helpful to you. I hope it's practical. I believe this can make a huge difference in your parenting and in how your kids grow up. So I encourage you to take it real seriously, to pray about it, to talk about it, again, with a friend, with your spouse, um, with the Lord. And now before I close, I would love to just say a quick prayer for all of you who are doing this good hard work of raising kids with yeses and noes. So join me if you will. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you, God, so much for the privilege of raising these kids. God, thank you most of all that you are a perfect parent and that you... You parent us every day and that you also have shown us how to parent our kids. It is not easy, but thank you that you promise to give us wisdom when we ask for it. And so we ask for wisdom. We ask for wisdom and when to say yes and when to say no. We ask for your grace to cover the times where we say the wrong thing. And we just thank you that you're perfect and we don't have to be, but God, help us to do well in this. Help us to do well. Help us to build strong relationships with our kids where they know that our yeses and nos are because we love them. And um, 
surround them with good friends and good influences that will make this job even easier. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We ask for strength. We ask for, uh, again, wisdom. We ask for patience. And uh, we ask for you to be near us as we do this good hard work of raising these amazing kids. So we love you, Lord. To you be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, my friends, thanks for being here with me. Thank you for letting me share uh, highlights from these chapters of Raising Amazing. If you don't have a copy yet, I would just be so honored if you would get your hands on a copy and share it with your spouse. Those of you who are um, parenting separately, if you've been through a divorce or you are not with the um, parent, the other parent of your child, I encourage you to get two copies. I've heard from many people who have said, you know what, my child's father is reading this, I'm reading this, and at least we can do our best to be on the same page because though we do not agree on everything, we both want to raise amazing kids, right? So I encourage you to consider that. And friends, I just appreciate you being here and doing life with me each week. So God bless you. Come back next week for an awesome December season here on the podcast. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, I'm